Get to the church blind! Get to the church blind! Go! Now! I'm Pete Mitchell, and he's Peyton Jones, and you're listening to Hardcore Church Planning, the companion podcast for the Church Planner Podcast and Church Planner Magazine. Each week, we'll bring you interviews from planners who are in the trenches making it happen right now. These active church planners bear it all, share their successes, their failures, and what they'd wish they'd known when they were first starting out. Listen in to discover how God is working in their church plan. You know, when I have a large project at home, sometimes it makes sense to do it by myself. At other times, I actually save money in the long term and have a much better solution if I use an expert. It's really not that much different with church planning. Church planners who focus on building their core team and actually planting the church and partner with portability experts like Portable Church Industries hit the ground running. Yes, you may have to raise more funds up front, but let me tell you something. If I could go back in a time machine and do one thing different in all the churches that I planted, I would go back and have invested that money in Portable Church and all of the super cool kit that they give you to make the volunteers and their lives much, much easier. Trust me, your volunteers will feel invested in, and they're going to give you more of what they got. And that time where people are setting up is going to be a time where it sets the atmosphere for you to thrive. If you're thinking about launching in the next six to 36 months, we encourage you to check them out at portablechurch.com. Hey, church planner, welcome to Hardcore Church Planning. This is Peyton Jones, and you are, I, I want to make something up. Like, I don't have a tagline like that. You know, I can't say you're in the spin zone. You're in the bandsaw zone because there's a bandsaw going in the background. And those of you that listen to these podcasts know that it's just kind of what it is. We don't really edit around here. Um, can't edit yourself in life and you probably can't edit, uh, your podcast and, and really ever get one done because life happens. I live next to a train track, but I am here today. Joined by my good friend, my partner in the work, and um, the director of New Breed Church Planting, Matt Fretwell, multiple author, podcast host of The Wretched and the Wrecked, and like I said, his most important role is director of New Breed Church Planting, and I might want to add that he has <laughs> recently been dubbed Dr. Fretwell. Did his PhD in church planning. That's pretty rock and roll. So welcome to the show after all that. Oh, my highest achieving friend gets up at 3 a.m., goes to the gym. So you know everything that you're about to hear from this guy is absolutely nuts. He's a nut. He's an animal. And luckily, the Lord has grabbed him and harnessed it for the gospel. So Matt, welcome on, man. Oh, thank you, Peyton. It's always great to talk with you and especially to be with your guest, man. I'm a longtime listener, right? I feel like when you listen to ESPN, they're like, longtime listener, Dan Patrick, you know, and then, and then they give their weight, you know. But uh, yeah, man, I, um, I just, uh, uh, you, you and I are just really good friends and, and I love being on here. We are, man. It's always good. And so it's kind of funny because, you know, we're friends and then also too, uh, you direct New Breed, and of course that was founded in Europe, and uh, it was my baby, and uh, and and you came in and were like, "Hey man, I think I think I can run this thing," and I was like, "Hey man, I suck at running this thing," and I'll never forget you telling me, "Hey, I'll run this, but you kind of got to get out of my way," 
And, uh, and that was like music to my ears. I was like, okay, we got the, we got the right guy here. That's, <laughs> that's what I needed to hear. You know, a guy that comes in and says, I can do this, you know? So, Hey, Matt, tell us a little bit. First question we always like to ask is how you came to faith. Well, I would say it was definitely a long journey for me. Um, I explained to some people that um, I accepted Jesus at 11, but I surrendered at about age 30. And so the difference was um, I just I got to a point in my life where I was on and off, on and off, on and off. And um, I was the inevitable Jonah. I knew when I was eight, I was called into the ministry. I remember telling my father, I can remember it's clear as day, telling him I was, I'm called into the ministry. Uh, and he put down his paper and said, son, there's no money in that. And it wasn't that he was discouraging me. He was just making an observation. And uh, he was a business guy. And so I, uh, after things sort of, I'll say, just got tough in, in the faith, I didn't have a strong um, upbringing of discipleship. Uh, I just didn't have it. My, my family, we grew up Episcopalian or I was raised Episcopalian. And so there wasn't much of a, a, of a discipleship, um, in the aspect of uh, growing in your faith. It was more about you attended church and you did it sort of nominally. And then you just loved God because you were supposed to, but I never really got into the aspect of surrendering to him until years later. And uh, when when the Lord finally grabbed my heart, I was a business owner. I was a restaurant owner, um, but I was utilizing the same gifts. Interesting you, you talk about the business aspect uh, of New Breed, because when I was a business owner, as a restaurant owner, um, before I became the owner, uh, I was an executive chef at another place. And I remember telling the owner there, I said, you have to trust me. If you trust me, this restaurant will will get, you know, and I said X amount of money in three years. And he thought it was an astronomical amount of money. And, and we hit that. We hit over that in the third year. And so, um, you know, the Lord has been just gracious with me. And when he wrecked my heart as a sort of the aspect of our podcast, The Wretched in the Wreck, but when he wrecked my heart, uh, that was it. I realized that I had to serve him because he was so good, because of his grace. Um, as Luther said, if you've been taken out of the, the hangman's noose, you understand grace a whole lot more. And that was me. I had a lot of dark years. There are a lot of things that I'm not proud of, but you know what? I can't believe where God has taken me. So the one true thing that I'm very serious about is the gospel. And um, within that, I just have a zeal and passion to see people and the lostness of people come to Christ. That's rad, man. Well, you know, how did you get involved in church planning? What was your your foray into this world? Because going from a restaurateur, um, you know, an entrepreneurial guy who comes in and either starts restaurants or troubleshoots them, that's pretty cool, man. That's, that's, you can see that aspect of kind of like church planning, but at, at what stage did you actually get involved in the church planning? Well, it was sort of a progression. So I, I started once the Lord grabbed my heart. I, I really, I still had the restaurant 
kind of had to get rid of it, but everything went south anyway in the uh, in the market, and it was around that time that I had already started exploring and was in the aspect of of doing an undergrad work. Uh, going through the motions of what does ministry look like, and I was in the Methodist Church, and I entered into a year of candidacy to be licensed in the Methodist Church. During that time, uh, I finished. I, I got to the end. I really examined what it was like, and and then I realized this may not be a perfect fit for me, and so. Um, uh, I was about two days shy to go in front of the bishop, and I realized I had some theological differences, and uh, not that any are right or wrong, it's just what fits you. And then I realized, all right, this isn't going to be a good fit. And I remember just being torn because I was feeling that God was moving me in a different direction. Well, I joined up with an A29 church plant uh, on the Outer Banks, and I sat under a great guy. Um, he's pretty well known, Winfield Bevins. Who's, he's now the dean of, of church planting at Asbury Seminary. Yeah. Um, but anyway, from there, like I kept feeling the call to plant. And um, just working through it, and my wife and I had had people in our home, and we just started having one guy came over with a guitar, and it, we would just go through the Bible, and, and we would sing songs. Next thing you know, we had like 20 people in the house, and so I said to my wife, you know, I think maybe this is where God is calling us, and neither one of us were that excited about it because – you know, there's no money in it and there's no way to really gain an income. And at that time I would, I started seminary. So it was the aspect of, I was terrified. I was fearful of what to do, but, um, you know, I, I just couldn't refuse God. I, I got on my knees with my wife and we prayed and through tears, we surrendered and, uh, we said, Lord, we'll do whatever you want to do. And the rest is history, so to speak. That's super cool, man. So, what okay, so this is weird, right? Because um I I founded New Breed years ago, right? I think it was back in two thousand eight, um, in Europe. And so it has a very kind of uh not necessarily what's happening now, but what's coming aspect to it. Um but I never talk about New Breed. I think a lot of people that hear me on the podcast or have read my books. They're reading New Breed. They're hearing New Breed. They're hearing all the things that, that the Lord taught me in a, in, in a group of, of people in Europe. Um, and then we brought that to America. To, but I never really talk about New Breed, um, the New Breed Network. What is, you're the guy we should be hearing from. What is the New Breed Network? Yeah, we've really worked hard in, in developing this and making sure that we solidified our vision and mission. So the New Breed Network is an interdenominational church planning training network of committed disciple makers. So I would say New Breed focuses on training church planners in missional engagement to reach the lostness um, within subcultures and, and hard-to-reach places. So many many of the church planners are, are drawn to New Breed for our sense of brotherhood, um, our praxis and style of learning and, and training and support that we give. And, and so while there's a mutual camaraderie among New Breeders, we're definitely a unique crew. Like we, we pray for one another. We work with one another. New Breeders, um, our first thing is we're never alone. So in a roundabout way of Kind of answering your question, New Breed Network, I would say, is a collective of training for church planners to engage in, in obedient Great Commission disciple making. I love it. That's a great answer. You know, it's funny, just as as you were talking, I was remembering 
that the name of my manuscript for Church Zero was actually the new breed of church. And the, the, both my, my wife and the, uh, the, um, the publisher were like, well, that sounds kind of arrogant. So I said, what if we changed it to a new breed of church? And they went, no, it's, and then it loses its power. But, but anyways, um, how is new breed distinct from, you know, each, each network has its flavor, right? Like, um, 829 is like the reform network. And, um, you know, the, uh, let's see, mul- multiply, you know, uh, the sin network is the Southern Baptist network. Um, each network kind of has its thing, what it's known for, what it's good at. Um, how is new breed distinct from other networks? What would be some distinctives of new breed? Well, I would say first, as I sort of previously said, we're interdenominational. So if you adhere to the Apostles' Creed, we're going to work with you, and, and we'll even train you. We'll work with other na- networks in training. Second, um, we utilize first century tactics, and I understand that's that's loaded. A lot of people would say that, but we strategically desire to, to train strike teams to reach lostness of culture and society, and, and we do that by applying uh, first century church planning principles, or, or should I say first century church principles. And third, new breed, uh, they, we desire to plant multiplicative churches. That means we don't want to just plant one church. We want to plant churches that plant churches that plant churches. And also a new distinctive we're engaging, uh, it, it coincides with my doctoral work, which is church planning through discipleship. So by leading planters through apprentice-style disciple-making practicums. So we have to remember Christ called us to go and make disciples, and those disciples then gather together to make churches. So as far as I know, there's not another church planning organization that strategically has um, a, a disciple-making model. They have church planning models, but they don't really focus upon reproducible disciple-making. And that's such a key to multiplication. I mean, that is kind of the deal. You know, uh, so many of us in in New Breed, you know, me, when I founded it, I was the accidental church planner. I was, uh, I, I remember starting a church with 50 lost people. And a couple Christians that came along and you talk about discipling people that, that discipling people before they were Christians, discipling them into Christians was really kind of the deal. But, um, what are some characteristics of the, the planners that you were currently working with? What would, what would be a characteristic, uh, Newbury church planner? Wow, we have so many really, really awesome guys, and they're all hard at work. But since New Breed helps church planners reach uh, subcultures and to engage in individually, or I would say in the uniqueness and individuality of each planner's community, um, nearly all of our plants have a distinct uniqueness. So two of our regional coordinators that, that we've set up since I've been here, um, they're new breeders and they've been new breeders for a long time. So Paul Percy, he's one and David Thompson. So Paul's in Stanton, California. He is our Southwest regional coordinator. Um, and he's just an incredibly, um, gifted guy that is reaching hard to reach areas of lostness. Um, but 
he's also had some really, really great breakthroughs. Um, and he's definitely one of those apostolic guys and he'll just continue to press through until he gets the breakthrough. Um, and as well, David Thompson, he's in Bend, Oregon. He's our Northwest regional coordinator, um, where it's a little bit more rural. So it's different than, than Stanton is, but, um, there's, you know, these guys are, are, they're both apostolically gifted, naturally innovative, creative. Uh, and I would say first and foremost in their love for Christ, uh, and the way they're led by the Holy spirit is, is almost unmatched. They just excel at seeking out God's heart. So we expect that from new breeders. We expect from new breeders, not only that they have a solid foundation, but that they're listening and gifted by the Holy spirit. That's so rad, man. I love that. And, uh, I love the fact that, um, Dave, you know, being an ex con, that guy has seen so many radical conversions up there. And, um, and Paul, man, they, they have their Bible study in the sick dog tattoo shop. Like, how cool is that? Newbreed prayed for years for a church planner to go to Stanton. If you guys don't know Stanton, Stanton is the place that you drive through, right? You don't stop there. Um, prostitutes on the street at 8 a.m. in the morning. Um, and man, it is just, uh, you know, strip motels. I mean, we could tell stories about Stanton. We could, we should do a whole episode with Paul. Um, but it, it, here's the deal. Um, when, when you get church planners coming through, um, you know, I, I know for you, Matt, you, you're pretty, uh, and I, and I know I was this way as well. Um, it, you're pretty, you don't just take anybody. So it's kind of like, I wouldn't say that you're like the, you know, like the gong show or anything, but I've, I've heard you many, many times tell people, Hey, you know, I don't know for the best network for you. So it's not like you're out to get as many guys into this thing to make it legit, to make it big, to make it, you know, quote unquote successful. You you really keep the DNA. Tell me a little bit about the assessment process that you've, because um, that's morphed and changed over the years. Tell me about the new breed assessment process. If somebody listening goes, "Hey, I I want to join this," you know, how do I know if I'm the right fit for this? What's the assessment look like? Yeah, I think our assessment model is one of the one of the. Well, I would have to you know. Uh, toot our own horn and say, I think it's one of the best only because we don't just kick guys out who believe they have a calling. We really want to make sure it's a perfect fit, but we want to bring out, as Paul said to Timothy, uh, cultivating those gifts. So Newbreed uses a three-part assessment. So instead of one initial assessment to decide if someone can be a planter, we realize that sometimes you have to cultivate those gifts as in the Timothy and Paul aspect of it. So we want to help cultivate that. And so we have a beginning, a middle and an end stage of assessment. The beginning stage, uh, we focus on the calling and the character of the planter. And I think a lot of uh, plant, uh, plant assessments do that, but you know, we ask the question, can we train you? And so, um, once we, once we agree to that, um, um, you know, we start working with the planner immediately and we get them hooked up with a coordinator and the middle part as they're planting, um, the middle emphasizes on this competency of the planter, missional engagement, community understanding, those sort of things. So we want to ask a question like, 
uh, can we walk with you? And, and you know, do you, do you want that? And and how is that that looking for us? So we'll have this broader assessment in the middle. And then there's also uh, as we continue to train and we we'll continue to walk with you, the end right prior to the launch or the actual releasing of the plant planter, we ask the question: Can we release you out into um, you know the world for the kingdom work? That's basically so. That's kind of it in a nutshell. I know that was sort of broad, but that's no, it's typically. Rad. Yeah. It's like Paul did, right? That's right. So how do you train then? So, well, you for years, you've come up with a ton of material. So, you know, even previous to you're going with NAM, you've written so many things that we have a, a, a lot of material. Um, but we also, you know, there's other things that, that I've developed or other things that we've developed over the years just by uh, seeing the observational planner. So we have applicational, experiential, and even theological training material, well, a lot of it. So most of the exclusive stuff, like your tome and, you know, on church planning, uh, like Jump School, uh, we make that available for free. So in fact, every time, you know, you write a book or, or training material, we gift that. That's The planters get that. And so uh, it's sort of a, a good segue on, on how we coach and how we train because, you know, that's the content we use goes into Pathright um, that we have planters going through. Matter of fact, uh, today, this morning, one of our planters actually put the questions that we have on on Pathright, and he said, "Hey, I need some help with some of these questions." And he put it, and he posted the picture up, and some of the people were responding to it. I dig that. I love to see these guys <laughs> getting into it, right? That's and so, so rad. yeah, and so you know, they have their friends asking questions and, and we get into that. So Pathright brings them through almost like an online training, but we're definitely not just online. I mean, we have, we have Zoom calls that guys are in that go over the cutting edge material. Uh, and then, as I said, we have, you're never alone because we have a coordinator who works with you through the whole process. Yeah. And so I would also say we, you know, we coach Coaching and training go hand in hand. So we coach through uh, our Voxer calls, which those are pretty rad. Like we, <laughs> we have some great conversations on there and we have some awesome breakthroughs. I mean, we could give, for instance, like, you know, we, this week we had some we had some great breakthroughs on, on one of our church planners who had just joined. But um, I think through that, through Voxer, through Pathright, through um, our Zoom calls um, and the coaching of our regional coordinators, they all go hand in hand. That's rad. What about funding? Because that you know, so it's funny because over the years nobody did all these things well, right? You would have your one network that did training. You would have another one that does coaching. You'd have another one that did really good assessment. But people were like, "Well, I don't, I, you know, I don't know what to do." I mean, they they they're giving me money. Even some were just funding. Like um, I remember in the early days of of New Breed hitting America, we got people from other networks going, Hey, they're throwing money at me, but I don't know what to do. So, um, what about funding? How does new breed throw money at people? No, definitely not. And that's one of the first things that I explained to you. So when you said before that, I tell people like this may not be a good fit. The first question I always answer for answer for people, even if they don't ask it, it'll be a diatribe question. I'll say, no, we are not a funding network. We've, we've found that, you know, it is that most planters already have funding uh, from other places, but they would come to us and they'd be like, hey, you know, uh, nobody's training me. 
So in reality, we get people from other networks who want to be trained. And, and so most of those big launch models, they just don't work for the average church planner. Plus, it's, it's more of this colonization type planting uh, by taking many other Christians along with you. And we get guys who uh, don't, aren't really, don't really have that or don't have even their core group sometimes. So, however, we do sometimes function as a, a mission board, uh, allowing people to funnel their giving through us. So we do operate under a 501c3. Um, so as you know, we, that's how we started with Newbreed Church, and they can give to us if they'd like. That's rad. So what about a fee? Is there any kind of fee? Because uh, for years, Newbreed was free. And I, I can remember when I came back and um, I started YouTube back in uh, 2011, and I, I think back now, like, man, if I had just continued in that space, but my vanity, I'm like, oh, I'm so stupid on video. I hate myself on, on video. Hate myself on audio, too, surprisingly, but I, I didn't let my vanity win. And I took all my videos down. But I remember in the very beginning when I got here, gosh, in 2011, or like January 2011, posted my first video. And it was like nuts, man. People were just coming through because nobody was occupying that space. And people were like free network, like, you know, you know, and, and I started getting all kinds of weirdos, like people living in mom's basement and like one, one guy, this is bad. If you're listening, I'm not picking on you if you're out there. But, um, one guy was like, Hey man, you know, I'm going to come out. Cause I said, look, you, cause back then you had to come and train with us, like, wherever we were it was all hands-on and we changed that up a bit but this one guy he was going to come and he's like yeah no I, my wife's got a really good job and we're like well er, you know hold on wait you're you're gonna leave your wife for six months to come be with us yeah i think we need to have a serious serious major <laughs> red flags going up and um and that's how it was but it was free and everybody came running and uh, what what about today? Like, where's New Breed at with that? Are we free? Um, so no, there is a fee, uh, but let me explain it because it's pretty astronomical, actually, man. It's awesome. So, it's only thirty nine bucks a month for the first year that you plant. That's awesome. I mean, if you if you just think of that, most networks they make you pay ten percent of what you get goes back to the network or to the denomination. So w since we're primarily donor based, so for the, you know, we still have to make our training materials. We're still paying for Pathright. We're still paying for all these things. So for the first year, the planters, you know, to offset the cost, we're primarily donor based. So you'll get all the assessment, all the training, all the coaching, and that's just 39 bucks a month. That's ridiculous. That's total steal. So in other words, Something you'd normally pay like 2500 bucks a month for, or if you were given 24-7 access like we do with our coaching and our other stuff like that and of that caliber and that dynamic, I mean – just the coaching alone, those calls are, and those things are going to cost 300 bucks. So the assessments cost like 1200, you know, plus you, you're going to spend for, you know, your hotel and all your airfare. So new breed definitely can't be beat for what you get. And you're actually, you know, funding church planners to get trained when you pay it. So if you're paying in to the $39, man, you're, you're, you're paying for your brothers to get the training that they need as well. That's so rad, man. And, um, and I remember when it shifted that way and, um, it, it, it is pretty cool. And, you know, 
we still have planners that say, Hey, can't do that, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, um, I do know that new breed allows, um, even people on their core team to come in. Like, so if a guy, uh, came in and a lot of networks focus just on the planter himself, but what if somebody's core team wanted to join? Like if they were like, Hey, I got more people on my core team that need this training, need this brotherhood and sisterhood. Um, what about that? So it's only uh, an additional $10, which once again, you know, we're not asking for an additional 39. We're just asking for an additional 10 for each of that core team to utilize the, the path ride and, and the Zoom calls and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's still a steal. I mean, we have, you know, we have quite a few of our, our, our guys that do that. And, you know, they're like, really? You got to be kidding. Like, so if I come on with just me and, and three other guys, I'm only going to spend like $59, $69 a month for my core team. We're like, yeah. yeah. And they're, they're just blown away by it. What about, okay. So you said guys, what about women? Can women join new breed? So one of our distinctives with new breed, which, um, is a little bit different than some of the others is that we will train women in new breed. And the reason we, we believe biblically, like there's Priscilla and Aquila. I mean, Paul talks about, he always mentions Prissa first before he says Aquila. So if we're actually going to do an assessment, like I don't, I don't know any of the church planning networks out there that do not assess husband and wife. So what's the deal with that? Like you're going to assess the husband and the wife because you know that church planning is hard. Well, why aren't we training her then? <laughs> why aren't we, you know, <laughs> she's got gifts. Like why aren't we training her for church planning? It's silly. So yeah, why wouldn't we? No, that's really good, man. That's really good. Well, hey, any any final thoughts or anything that uh, we didn't touch on that's kind of burning on your heart or anything that uh, any any final words as we're approaching our limit on time? <laughs> No, other other than, you know, you and I, we have fun and we joke around. Even with, with new, our new breed guys, you'll find there's a huge camaraderie and, and joking. But I'll tell you what, out of the seriousness, we have guys that pray for one another, who love one another, who care for one another. And that aspect of the gospel and the one anotherness, we take seriously. I mean, it, it is um, a, a true church planning brotherhood network, you know, that we're a part of. That's rad, man. Well, we're going to have another question um, that we always throw out. But before we do that, um, we want to ask, um, where can people go to find out more information about New Breed Network? They should go to newbreednetwork.org. And they're going to find all that. We have our Instagram account. We have Facebook uh, for New Breed Church Planning they can get onto. There's questions even that they can jump onto. That's an open site there. Um, there's, you know, our Twitter account. Uh, I think that one's New Breed CP uh, at New Breed CP. Uh, they can always email me, matt at newbreednetwork.org. And I'm always uh, willing to answer questions or whatever someone needs. So, yeah, that we're fully accessible all the time through any social media outlet. One of the things I didn't mention about you, Matt, is uh, on top of being incredibly handsome, you're also a bodybuilder. We're just going to help set up this <laughs> next question. But but more importantly, you're a pastor. Like you, uh, you know, I didn't mention that you're you're the pastor at Oak Hall in Richmond, and uh, you've done a lot of work networking with different churches, different networks, different denominations. And uh, that's one of the cool things about you is your pastor's heart for planters. And uh, that really, even though you're more apostolic and, 
you know, in your makeup, you, you still, you have that shepherd's heart and, uh, and that's been really cool. But Hey, let's shift gears and let's get you fighting. Cause I know what's coming, right? Um, if, and, and because you lift, right? Like I always think that Craig Rochelle, he must like own the gym, right? So if you and Craig Rochelle were to get in a physical fist fight, who would win? Wow. You know, so here's the thing about weights. Um, you can beat weights, you can beat weights up all day long, <laughs> but it's a little bit different with people. So, um, not that I, I, I don't know him enough to know his tactics, but what I know about myself is that, uh, I've been hit enough and I've been a brawler in my dark years that I'm not afraid to get uh, smacked in the noggin. I'm okay with that. And, uh, you know, I can turn the other cheek cause I pretty much know that, that I can put a hurting on somebody. So, <laughs> so I, I would say he can take both shots, man. I'm good at it. Uh, I don't yeah. think he'll knock, I don't think he'll knock me down though. No, I don't that. think so either. I think he can <laughs> unload a couple haymakers on you. And you're yeah. Good. Yeah. And, uh, since I got the buzzsaw, we're going to, we're going to rename you. You were now christened as Matt buzzsaw fretwell. That's, that's your, you know, let let the hurt begin let it rip so anyways brother hey always good to have you on and i knew that you were a bruiser and a brawler so uh i wasn't worried about you in that one my money was on matt fretwell this has been hardcore church planning you've been with me and my guest matt fretwell director of new breed church planning and arnold sign us out remember if you are called to church planting go hardcore or go home You've been listening to Hardcore Church Planning. Hardcore Church Planning has been brought to you by the Church Planner Podcast and the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the App Store for both Apple and Android devices. If you like this episode, leave us a positive review. If you didn't like this episode, we'll be happy to give you your money back.